0: Today I am going to be talking about healing, signs and wonders and miracles in the church, in the New Testament church. Where does the supernatural fit in? The reason why I want to talk about this is, uh, number one, I want to bring the truth of what this is all about. So, because there is so much hurt and pain in the church when it comes to the supernatural. I remember when I was part of a system wherein. We are chasing after the supernatural and wherein we believe that Jesus Christ died for us so that we can live these supernatural lives of signs, wonders and miracles. And in that quest for the spiritual, that quest for signs, wonders and miracles, we have found a lot of discouragement, a lot of pain uh, in our lives. I've experienced that, although we've seen many miracles And and please hear me when I talk about this. I'm not talking from a perspective of hurt. I'm talking from a perspective of um, what I've experienced and then from uh, knowledge of the truth of what this is all about. And I am excited to say that uh, I believe that we will see great signs, wonders and miracles in the church, in the Grace Church. But it's not going to be the way it was. It's not going to be our healing, revival, chasing the glory of God and chasing manifestations and signs and wonders thing. It's going to be just a declaration of truth wherein God confirms His Word with signs, wonders and miracles. You know, I've uh, so many times seen preaching about signs of miracles, preaching that we must do miracles, preaching that God empowers us to do miracles, that we must go and do miracles, where I don't find the Apostle Paul teach on that. Uh, I don't find the Apostle Paul having one message wherein, I mean, we know that the church had a lot of signs of and miracles, but we don't find the Apostle Paul Teaching on how to go and do miracles and how to n- know that by his stripes you are healed and now we claim that and we go and do miracles and we, um, we must just believe it's finished and we must uh, go into the hospitals and clean out the hospitals and do all these signs and miracles. Uh, it, is, it, it is not like that. What I do see is that the Apostle Paul comes and he corrects the church when it comes to signs wonders and miracles wherein he's telling the people that you cannot define a person by the uh, spiritual gift that is in his life and that all people are equal in the church and that there is not one part that's more important than the other part and what he actually does is he takes away this glory of the supernatural in the um, where it is the wow factor uh, almost like Jesus where Jesus came and uh, he gave people the authority to cast out devils and And they went and they cast out all these devils. And when they cast out all these devils, they came back and they were amazed. And they were so happy because of the authority there is and the signs and the wonders and the miracles uh, that takes place and that uh, demons are subject to them. And then Jesus went and corrected them and said to them, never let your joy be in that, but let your joy be in that your name is written in the book of life. So, um, what he's saying is, let our joy be about life. And these are side issues. It is not the goal. What I want to say is this. Miracles, signs and wonders is not the object. It is not what we're aiming at. And I've seen it many times. I've I've seen many people get hurt in that. Now, what I'm seeing is, is that, we would veer away from the supernatural. We would veer away from healings and miracles and praying for people because we are scared that they will not get healed and um, we, are, we don't know how to, where to place the supernatural. Um, it's as if we don't know exactly what to do with it in the, in the grace circles. There are some, some places where it is just uh, a continuation of the old, uh, what I would call a word of faith, belief wherein we were just well that's been given to us and we're going to manifest it and then there's another side of it where we just veer away from it and we would never speak about it and where we would also not see any signs wonders and miracles now um, we want to when we look at the early church we saw that there was the supernatural so I want to say this in our web fellowship we are absolutely embracing the supernatural we are embracing signs wonders and miracles but we're not embracing it as the goal. We embrace it as a sign. Now, uh, if you're driving from one town to the other town, you will know that there are signs on the road, signs that's pointing to you, you know, that the next town is 20 kilometers or 10 miles or whatever, and you will see those signs out there. And uh, those signs, you're not driving uh, to arrive at the signpost. Uh, the signpost, if you see it or not, it doesn't matter. You will just continue because the sign can never be the destination. The sign is simply a sign um, pointing you uh, to where you're going or encouraging you on the way should the way be long or confirming that you are on the way. Uh, we have had this thing and I believe that many people have this is, if I don't see signs, wonders, and miracles in my life as a Christian, there's something wrong with me. Uh, And every Christian must see signs, wonders, and miracles because the Bible says that whosoever believes the gospel, these signs will follow them. And uh, now we don't find, maybe you haven't had a sign or a wonder in your miracle, or, or miracle in your life, or you've maybe seen one or two in your life, and now you're feeling... Oh my goodness, you know, I've prayed for some folk that didn't get healed. There's something wrong with me. Why am I not having signs, wonders, and miracles in my life? I must have signs, wonders, and miracles in my life. For well, the Bible says, these signs shall follow. And if the Bible says, these signs shall follow, we shall have signs. And we claim the scripture of, these signs shall follow. And we're going to now use that to get enough spiritual energy from that the fact that it's written there so that we shall have signs and we'll even go and preach and say that if you don't have signs something wrong you must have signs so go out and get signs that is so wrong and so harmful Um, it is not what the Bible talks about Uh, Jesus did say that these signs shall follow those that believe that is what's written In Mark 16, although some people say in the original manuscripts that part is not there, but I think it was good enough that it made my Bible. um, And it was a fact anyway in the uh, early church that the church did believe and they did preach the gospel. We're going to still talk about what the gospel is today. They preached the gospel and there were signs that followed them. Now, uh, number one, what I want to just do in this first part is I want to say this and, and, and this, just conclude the first part of this message. Signs, wonders and miracles is never the object, it's never the destiny, it's never the goal. Uh, we're not going out to try and become more powerful spiritually. Uh, the goal is not to see how we can have healing revivals and how we can worship the presence of God down to get into a revival uh, or to get the glory of God to try and manifest and all those kind of things wherein we are so happy and our joy is so great because of the supernatural where we all the time boast in miracles and uh, where we're chasing after getting miracles. The Bible says, "...these signs shall follow them that believe." And so many times we would say, what must I believe that I can have the miracle? No, just believe the truth. Th- that is what it's about. And these signs shall follow those who believe the truth. And we're going to look at some nice scriptures about that. So we're going to start off with uh, Mark 16 verse 9. It says, Now when he was risen early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene from whom he had cast out seven demons, She went and told them that he had um, told them that had been with him and they mourned and wept. And they, when they heard that he was alive and had been seen of her, disbelieved. So they didn't believe. Then verse 12. And after these things, he was manifested in another form unto two of them as they walked on their way. Into the country, we know it was on the way to Emmaus, and they went away and told it to the rest. Neither believed they them, and afterwards he was manifested unto the eleven themselves, and sat at meat, and he abraded them or rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them that had seen him after he was risen. Um, and he said unto them, verse fifteen: Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believes not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay their hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was raised up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. Now this is an amazing piece of scripture. Uh, what it basically talks about is uh, just the Jesus and his resurrection. And when he was raised, Mary came to the grave and she saw that uh, the grave was empty. An angel appeared to her and said, he is, he is there no more and said to her, look there is the cloth, there is the place where he was laid, he's not there anymore, he was risen, and uh, she ran and went and told the disciples, and when she ran, she went with the good news of Jesus that was raised from the dead. You must remember, these people were sorrowful, and they were crying because their Messiah died, the one that had the words of life passed away Uh, the one that was their companion and their friend who didn't look at their sins who wasn't mindful of their sins but mindful of their value has died Uh, the jews uh, put him upon the cross they murdered him they killed him they uh, they manifested their sin towards him and 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 wanted to destroy him and he died and uh, that was very bad news it was bad news that jesus has died and then Mary came with the good news. What was this good news? It was the good news of his resurrection. He was raised from the dead. And um, as he was, as she was running with his good news, she wasn't running with the good news of finally she can now have financial prosperity. Because Jesus was raised. She didn't have the good news and say, guys, I want to tell you, I've got good news for you. We can now do signs, wonders and miracles. That's not what he said, what, what was in her mouth. She had the good news that Jesus was raised from the dead. That was the good news. And they did not believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. Which is a very important point uh, that, I'm, that, 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 that we need to take note of. That was the good news. The gospel, the good news was that Jesus was raised from the dead and that a man has conquered death. That is the good news. Then Jesus appeared to two men on their way to Emmaus. After he appeared to them, they knew that it was Jesus. And then they went and told the others and they did not believe that it was Jesus. Then he appeared to all of them and he said to them, Listen, Jeremiah, why are you so full of unbelief? And he appeared to them, and then they saw him resurrected, and they believed that he was raised. And then we read this passage. It says, He that believed... um, He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believes not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out demons and all those kind of things. And the Bible also says that they went and they preached the gospel and God worked with them. They preached the gospel and God worked with them uh, confirming the word with signs, wonders, and miracles. Now, confirming what word? What were they preaching? They were preaching that Jesus was raised from the dead. That's That was the good news. The good news was that God in Christ conquered death and raised the man from the dead. And through this resurrection, this Christ that is raised from the dead that went to heaven will return again and establish and manifest His rulership which is over sin and over death, in the earth. And He will conquer all the enemies that we have. He will conquer our sin. He will conquer our death for we part of that kingdom. And He will return and He will establish a kingdom wherein no man can die. Have immortality. That is what He said. He will come and bring that forth. That was the good news that they preached. They preached the good news of the resurrection. Now, um, the Bible says, and I want to just find that verse Mm. and I don't put that in here but what it is what it's all about the Bible says that um, unto Jesus was given authority this is John 17 Uh, it says unto him was given authority over all flesh so that he can give eternal life unto all and raise them up in the last day so the message of the resurrection says the following it says that we are dying and that we are bound to a system of death where our minds are bound to fleshly thinking and death that is in the flesh and that we just simply just bound to that but that god would come and that he can raise our physical bodies into immortality not to live by the by, by the power of sin and death but to live by the power of his eternal life. And in that way, we've conquered sin and we will see how He will bring forth conquering even physical death. That's what it means. Um, And now, when this message of this resurrection was preached, there were signs showing that Jesus has authority over our physical bodies and death. And these signs was Things that happened like miracles, like healings, took place. They would lay their hands on the sick and they would recover. Why? Because a healing in the physical body was a sign of Jesus' resurrection and that our bodies can be raised and that He's got power over physical death. That is it. That is it. So, when the Bible says, by His stripes we were healed, what we are healed from is sin in the flesh. We healed from that. Why? Because we behold our resurrected body in Christ that shall be given to us in the turn of Christ. And as we don't behold our earthly body, wherein we by our physical works want to create salvation for ourselves and from the flesh have sin, when we behold our heavenly body, When we behold the resurrected Jesus Christ, what happens? We set free from sin in the flesh. So we find the fruit of this resurrection in the gifts, uh, in love, joy, peace, and those things. Plus, there are supernatural signs to the fact that. This physical resurrection has taken place and that what they promise will take place, which is the dead shall be raised. That man will have, there will be no more sickness, no more death, no more anxiety. None of those things will be there anymore. That the planet will be co-recreated. And that's what the Bible says in, in Romans 8. It says that creation waits for the manifestation of the sons of God does not say creation waits for you to manifest your salvation. That's rubbish. It's not what's written there. What's written there is creation waits for God to manifest His sons, meaning to bring forth and manifest the salvation from our, of our bodies, which is immortality, because creation knows that when we are changed into the glory of God, creation shall also be fashioned with the same glory that we have, which is eternal life. That will even manifest in creation. So, When signs, wonders and miracles take place, it would be something like there's a massive storm and you speak to the storm and the storm is calmed. Uh, A sign where, uh, you know, we find, I I mean, amazing things like what Jesus did. Walking on water or um, changing water into wine or signs that shows that Jesus has got Authority and power even over nature. Signs that show that Jesus has got authority over sickness and disease and that He can bring eternal life. Uh, signs, and all these signs, if you go and read these signs, it all points basically to the resurrected body and the power over death. This is what it says. It says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they will cast out devils. Why, how does casting out of devils speak? about an immortal body. Very simple. The Bible says that he who had the keys of death and the power over death was the devil. And now we're casting out demons. What is that talking about? It talks about an authority that's higher than that authority. Um, It talks about the end of him that had power over death and that life belongs to our Lord now and he will give us life and manifest. They will speak with new tongues. The Bible says if I speak with tongue of men and that of angels. uh, The Bible also says that uh, our resurrected bodies, in the, in the resurrection, we will be like the angels. It doesn't say we will be spirit angel beings, it says we will be like the angels. In other words, and the context there was not given in marriage and those kind of things, but it talks about uh, uh, a state of being which is, I believe, in the physical, but like the angels. So when we pray in tongues, I believe we're speaking with the tongues of angels. In other words, we're talking with the tongues of the world to come, the language of the world to come. So now we find that we're already speaking a different language. What is that different language? It's, it, it already points that we in this world now, with, with an unfruitful understanding, we can speak a language that, we cannot even, that we've never been taught. It is a sign of the resurrected body wherein we can now already speak the language of that body, um, of that resurrection. Then it goes on, it says, we shall take up serpents and drink anything deadly and it shall not hurt them. So what is that talking about? It says that we, 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 there will be these signs, what signs? Signs that point to power over death. Th- that's what it talks about. That's why when we preach, we don't preach, we can do miracles. Because that is not what what is preached. That is not what the apostle preached. The apostle, we don't find anywhere, any of the apostles teaching people five steps to have a greater healing ministry. We don't find that. We don't find Jesus... um, uh, or the apostles having a nice teaching of at least a half a chapter or a chapter where they teach the people on how to heal the sick and what to see in their mind when they pray for the sick, or well, none of that. we just find that they were were encouraged to go and preach the gospel, the good news of the resurrection of Jesus. We find that that's what they've done, and their hearts was open that God would bring forth signs. Pointing to this message of immortality, that is what it is. Now I want to say something, and I, this can shock you. And I don't, my heart is not to shock anybody. Uh, that's not my heart. But I want us to have truth in our lives. Now I, I know what the truth is doing in my heart, and I know the the emotion and the feeling of understanding. And as understanding comes together, and many of you might say, but you know this can be a technical message. But This is what I want to say to you, and technical or not, this brings life. It brings life to me, and I'm, I, I want to share it with you. When God made Adam and Eve, He didn't make Adam and Eve as immortal beings. Adam and Eve was made from the dust of the earth, and then they, they were put in a garden where there was the tree of life. They could go and eat of the tree of life, and then have the life they have inside them sealed eternally. Remember when the Bible says in Genesis Genesis 3 that God took them out of the garden, lest they eat of the tree of life and live forever. So when you eat of the tree of life, you can never die. Uh, you will live forever. And the way I see it is that they would have life forever in that miserable state of death. So God didn't want them to have this eternal, torturing life. So He said, I will not give them access to the tree of life. I would come... And first clean everything up, bring a new understanding to them, and then in that state they can go and eat of the tree of life and so live forever. So um, Adam was made from the dust of the earth and he had to go and eat of the tree of life. Uh, He he, he wasn't inherently an eternal immortal being. Immortality was a free gift. That is what it was. And then the devil came and basically lied to Adam. And you know what God said to Adam and Eve? He says, if you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. You will definitely, there's no two ways about it, you will die. But if you eat of the tree of life, I'm putting in my own words, it's not even written there, but it. we can assume that if we eat of the tree of life, we will definitely live. So... And the devil came to Adam and Eve and says, "Listen, man, I want to tell you something. There's no such a thing as death for you. You're going to live eternally anyway. You know it is just you're either going to live it by 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 God or you don't have to have God give you this. You can you already have this eternal life, this eternal existence, and you can have a good life by just doing the right things. And so your life can be preserved and it will continue forever. It was a lie. And then God came and Jesus Christ." And what he did was he took this Adam that died and revived him so that life was made available to us. And now we who believe this spirit that raised Jesus from the dead can also quicken our mortal bodies and we can have eternal life as a free gift. That is what it is. And then when Jesus was raised, there was great joy in the camp. Why? Because the people, the Jewish people, expected... um, uh, uh, there, there was a promise they believed and the promise was that of eternal life where somebody would conquer death, where somebody would be raised from the dead never to die. They even expected that, uh, the, uh, that the, 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 the Messiah will be in the order of Melchizedek. The order of Melchizedek the Bible says is the order of an endless life. Meaning this guy cannot die. His body cannot die. He's he's got eternal life. For that is what they were wanting. That's what they were seeking for. And here the apostles come and they hear that Jesus was raised from the dead. They didn't believe it. Then after they saw Him, they believed it. And then they went and preached the good news that Jesus was raised from the dead. That is what they preached. And the Bible says, and in their preaching, the Spirit brought forth signs pointing out that this is true and pointing to that truth which shall take place. So by that we can conclude that Jesus didn't die so that we can do signs and wonders. Jesus died so that we can be made immortal and The truth of this immortality, because it is true, and that is where we're going, we find signs of that truth manifesting in us as we are preaching that truth. You know, um, the Bible says only a wicked and adulterous nation seeks for a sign. And I found that in the church we've been seeking for signs, wonders and miracles. We've been seeking for the supernatural. We've been seeking for those things. No. No. The Bible doesn't say we should seek for that. The Bible says those who through patience and continual doing good, which I believe is believing in Jesus, seek for uh, uh, eternal life, they will be given immortality. Romans. Clearly it's written in Romans right there. So what we seek, what we want, what we want to grab a hold of is the eternal life that God has promised us. That is what we are awaiting. And as our minds are captivated with that truth, we'll find signs, wonders and miracles also take place in our lives. And we will find as we preach this truth, this passion will drive us as we preach this truth where we will see a sick person. We'll find the overwhelming power of the Holy Spirit in us, a prompting some us that says lay your hands on that person you will just say man he's come to bring us immortality in our bodies and we'll see a sick person lay our hands on them and say be healed and they will be healed and that would be the power of that truth will raise that sick person up and it will be a sign to all of the immortality not distracting man from the truth the greatest thing that I've seen today in the church that is um, upsetting is when we talk about the immortality of the human body we find and I know it is in the beginning phase of people hearing this on a broader scale Um, people are like well I don't know you know uh, what is this strange teaching now Uh, isn't the whole thing about heaven and hell and who's going to go to heaven and who's going to go to hell no, it is not about that. It's never been about that. It has been about a loving God that takes dust that has got no life in it, makes it alive, and when it is alive, it gives it the opportunity to have the life that was borrowed to it preserved eternally that this person will ever live and not die. This, this these people did not believe this they entered into death and they were in bondage and fear of death they were in bondage jesus came incarnated this death conquered this death was put as a human representing us at the right hand of the father who is the truth about us and from where he will come and and where he is now and the and his enemies are made his footstool so and we are seeing how Jesus brings forth life to everybody and how He will bring forth immortality to every man. That is every man that believes in Him. That is the good news. Now, as we believe this truth, this truth inside us, um, as we believe this truth, we'll find signs and wonders effortlessly flow out of us. But what we've had, um, what I've had in my life was we didn't believe unto this eternal life. We we like, we believed that if I die, I go to heaven and I'm burying this earth suit. And the biggest thing is I'm going to have a house in glory land. And I want to cross over to glory land. And I want to go to heaven. And that is what, it, what the biggest thing was. It was all about going to heaven. And as we, as we focused on that, we think, okay, the Bible does talk about signs, wonders and miracles. And now we want to apply the finished work of Jesus... Unto the supernatural, and saying that He died for us so that we can do the supernatural, we made miracles the end goal. And as we did that, it was for science, wonders, miracles with a great mental um, gymnastics. You know, where we, it's like this mental gymnastics of now the stripes of Jesus and now this and now we're going to do miracles and we're doing the supernatural and we're working. We're working very hard to see a person come out of a wheelchair. And when they come out of the wheelchair, it is like, oh, we've got one. we got one. (laughs) You know, it's like, then my, my question, is that the goal? Is that the goal? No. You know, the way I see it now is, when I see a miracle, I don't read the miracles in the Old Testament anymore as... um, Okay, they saw a miracle, and I look at what did he do? Now Jesus spat in the ground, and then when he spat in the ground, he made the eye. So now trying to figure out what key does he have to do the supernatural, and how did he get, try and get it right? Because wanna do no all of a sudden I see when he took an eye and he put a he, he created an eye out of mud, smeared it on the eye, or some people say he created an eyeball and put it on there, and the guy went and washed and he had brand new eyes. You know what it says to me? It says. Man, this guy has got the power over the physical body. He is the creator and he can create a brand new body for me. That's what it says. All of a sudden it is a sign. All of a sudden it's not a destiny anymore. And unfortunately, you know, I see signs of wonders and miracles and it has been like that in my life for a while where the end goal is signs of wonders and miracles. Not cognitively. Cognitively we would say, no, we want people to get saved. And when people receive Jesus, we're very happy, glory to God. But if we see uh, uh, people out of a wheelchair and those kind of things, then we're like, really? This is major. This is really major. Because that's really a real man of God because of these signs, wonders, and miracles. No. Um, Let me read Acts 4 here. It says, and they spoke unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved. Now, this is what, now we're looking at what the disciples preached. This is Acts 4, verse 1. The, the Sadducees came and they saw the disciples preaching, and it says, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in hold unto the next day, for it was now um, evening. How many of them which heard the word believed. And the number of the men was about 5,000. Okay, so what happened here? It says that these people preached the resurrection from the dead through the name of Jesus. Now, what did these people understand by the resurrection from the dead? They preached the gospel, the good news that Jesus was raised from the dead, and He is the captain of our salvation, that we will be raised from the dead, and He preached unto them not to fear death, because Jesus has conquered death, and that life and immortality has now been made manifest through the preaching of the good news that Jesus was raised. Isn't that what the Bible says? The Bible says life and immortality came to light through the preaching of the gospel. Okay, through this gospel, we find that life and immortality has come to light. Through this gospel, life and immortality has been made ours. We can see through what gospel? That Jesus was raised. So let me read it again. We want to see exactly what the apostles preached. They went and they preached and the Sadducees were grieved. Why? Being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Glory to God. So they they said, we've got good news for you. You can be raised from the dead. We've got good news for you. God came in Jesus. He is the high priest of mankind. He's in the order of Melchizedek. He is the Messiah, not just of the Jew, but of the Gentile also. And He is the one that will establish the reign of God in the earth. And His kingdom is at hand. And His kingdom is now. He's poured out His Spirit upon man. And um, through this Spirit, He will make your bodies immortal and raise you from the grave. And I'm sure they testified about Jesus being raised. And I'm sure they also testified as what... Um, I think it was Matthew did, where, they, where he, where he talk, talked about Jesus in his writing, because that's what he, how he preached the gospel. In his writing he says, when Jesus was raised from the dead, many old saints who has died, in my words, who has already returned to dust, whose bones weren't even there, they came out of the graves and they appeared to many or preached the gospel to many, which was what? The resurrection from the dead. That's why signs and wonders and miracles takes place in this physical dimension wherein we see bodies being supernaturally healed, wherein we see signs and wonders of uh, people being transported from one place to another place, where we see um, supernatural people, organs become new, where where, where steel pins and stuff disappear out of arms and the x-rays can show it, where we see... Signs and wonders and miracles. I remember I prayed for a man who had a small hand. He he was a big guy, but with very small hands, like children's hands on a grown-up man. And we were in Bible school. I can never forget that. We this was like twenty-something years ago. Laid hands on that man in the street, and his hands grew out right there. What a, you know? We went away. Wow! We are used of God. The anointing of God. But we never knew that that is the sign that God has got power over that guy's crippled body to even when he's died make him immortal we saw the sign but we didn't understand what the sign was saying you know the bible says we should not pray in tongues without interpretation it is just like this babbling and nobody knows what it means in the same way I want to say a lot of these signs wonders miracles that takes place is almost like praying in tongues without understanding we don't know what it points to neither neither is it encouraging in any way it is actually and let me be frank with you. You know, I found amongst preachers and just not not just preachers but amongst people, a competition on who's got the greatest miracles. We've got this competition, you know. This one prayed and that one prayed, and when a man of God really gets tired of laying hands on people now then and, and he gets used to miracles now, then he will say to other people, Well it's now your time to pray for the sick and they can pray and then and then he would like feel good in his heart because of you know, how many people under him now has got miracles? And it's just... People, I just want to be plainly honest about things. It doesn't help we, we hide things and not live in the reality of... Don't we want to walk in freedom? We want to be free. That is what this is about. So, um, what about having miracles within, with understanding? Where we would pray, preach immortality. And as we preach immortality, we would see, lay hands on the sick. Or um, there will be signs in our ministries that points to this. What about that? Where that sign, people will say, truly. You know, let me tell you what miracles does. Miracles does the following. If it is is Buddhists doing miracles or whosoever doing miracles. A miracle makes people think what this guy says is true. Now, if we say, you know, if if we just do miracles without the knowledge that this miracle point to the resurrection and make in people's minds the resurrection true where they have hope of immortality in their bodies, what use is there for miracles? It's supposed to be a sign unto the truth. That That is what it's supposed to be. So in Acts, here they come and and they preach this resurrection, they put in jail, let's read Acts 5 again, it says, and now they're put in jail, and and then um, the angel appears, and now they're going to get out of jail, and this is what the angel of the Lord by night said to them, it says in Acts 5, 19, it says, but the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors, and brought them forth and said, go and stand and speak in the temple to the people, all the words of this life, <laughs> So, what did the angels say in verse 20? Go and stand. It it took them. They preached the resurrection, immortality to a human body, because of through Jesus. They said, believe in Jesus and you'll have immortality. That's what they said. They didn't say, believe in Jesus and you'll go to heaven. It wasn't preached. I don't see anywhere where Paul preached and said or where people preach and says listen do you want to go to heaven believe in Jesus it's not written there he said to them the promise and the desire that man has and has always had to have immortality has been granted and given in Christ a man has conquered your death. He was raised. He is called the King. He lords it over sickness and disease. And whosoever can call upon His name who can say, I'm of His family. His heart would allow Him to have this Spirit bring forth that very same life in Him. And you know what it is? When you believe that, the only way I said it to one of my friends the other day the only way we can describe that is almost when you believe that it's almost as if there is a spell on you, and this spell leaves you free from sin, flooded with the fruit of the spirit, a person that lives in the peace and the love of God. That is what it does. That is what it does. It's almost like The opposite of a curse. You know, when you're under the law, you're under the curse. You're cursed to have a life of sin. But when you're under this message of eternal life, which is called the grace of God, by the way. When you're under this message, he says, if you are under the spell of life. And you find the fruit of life inside you. So here he says in verse 20, Go stand and speak in the temple. Go and stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. did not say the words of this life meaning the words of this life. Yeah, you know, the football this and politics this. Not the words of this life. The words of this life. What life? this life of Christ being raised from the dead, never to die, and that He's conquered our sin in the flesh and our death, and that He has... that He has condemned sin in the flesh through the resurrection and that we believe that. That is what the Bible says, and many believed. Let me read it there. It says um, in, in verse 4, Acts 4 verse 4, Howbeit, many of them which heard the word believed. Heard what word? The word being preached that through Jesus is the resurrection from the dead for He was raised from the dead. Those who believe that that is called a believer. That is the believers. They were called believers. If they said the believers, it it would not be, we we think today the believers are those of the Christian faith that believe in Jesus. No, no. The belief, there wasn't belief that there is a guy like Jesus and they believers in Jesus. The believers were defined as those who believed that he was raised from the dead and that immortality belonged to them in Christ. And even if they died, that they shall be raised. And then Paul even went as far as to say that I want to share a mystery with you. And he said that all will not die, but they will be changed. So what he was saying to them is because the people of that time didn't understand how this thing will take place. He said, listen, Christ will return. Those who died in Christ that are in the graves, they shall be opened. Their dust shall be recollected. That m- Those molecules, even if they're washed by the wind all over the planet into the atmosphere, into space, doesn't matter, it shall be put together and that body shall be glorified. and There will be a physical bodies that is in the likeness of angels in some form. We don't know exactly how it would be, but that will take place and those who are alive and remain, the remain means remain believing in this truth, they shall be changed in the twinkling of an eye and their body shall explode into this immortality and even this physical earth shall be changed into that very same incorruptible glory. That is what it is. Those who believe that were called believers. And we find many of the church not even believing that then you're not a believer. (laughs) Well, let me put it this way, you are a believer of something, but you would not be classified as the same kind of a believer as what these folk were. Now I want to, you know, we can say about you judging people, I'm just saying, I I don't want to judge people, but I mean, how shall we preach if we don't preach the truth? I mean, that's it. I want to talk about, uh, let's go to one more verse. We can read Acts 5 verse 29 again, a bit further on, just Acts, what these people preached. He says, Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than man, because they command these people not to preach that Jesus was raised. And then it says, Then God, uh, uh, the God of our fathers, raised up Jesus, whom you slew and hang on a tree. <laughs> so he says, So they says, How can we stop to preach? We shall rather obey God than you and their obedience to God was to go and preach that Jesus was raised from the dead and that that immortality in a human body belongs to man. Church, there are people today that don't even believe in the physical resurrection of the dead, but they believe that after you've died, if your spirit goes to God, that that is the resurrection. That's not the resurrection, my friend. That is not the resurrection of all. That is what Jesus did when he said, I get gi- into your hands, I give over my spirit. That means that your life is now in the hands of God and that God can take your life and restore it in your body, raise you from the grave and so bring immortality to your, to you that you can have eternal existence in a human body. That is what it is. Glory to God. Now, signs wonders and miracles, what is this all about? It's signs of that. We read one more verse on what the apostles preached. Uh, Romans 5 is 1, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand, and, and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, which is immortality, Now, let's read verse 15. It says there, We are justified by faith. What is this justification? He says, Therefore, in verse 17, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. So we shall reign in life. What is this life teaching? That Jesus was raised from the dead, and never to die anymore, and that we, that life belongs to us. That is it. Verse 18, Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto the justification of life. So, If we say we're justified, what does that mean? Our justification or the proof of our righteousness is in immortality, in the fact that we have got the spirit of life in us which shall quicken our mortal bodies and bring immortality to light in the return of Christ. That is it. Immortality is ours. That's what it's all about. And that is what the early church preached. They didn't go around preaching messages uh, like, you know, God is not angry with you anymore. Although I believe it's needed. I will preach it. I, I don't say I will not preach it. I want to Let me preach it right now to you. God is not angry with you. He loves you. He smiles over your life. You are His beloved. You are the pearl of great price. He doesn't look at your sin. He beholds you for who you are. He embraces you as His own. That is the truth. That has always been the truth. But now the good news is, the gospel is, that He loves you so much that He has granted immortality to you. That's the gospel. That's the good news. The true good news. That we, we, will, that we don't have to die and go back to dust, but that we can have eternal life. That is the gospel. Now I will tell you, you might disagree with me, Um, I don't want to say let it be. Let let you agree. And let the Lord convince your heart about this. You might have many questions. Go and ask the Lord. He will answer you. And He will show you. And you will be able to share in the very same joy as what I'm having right now. This is what Paul said. uh, What John said. He says, We want to testify of that which was from the beginning. What was from the beginning? Titus 1 verse 2. From the beginning was the message of immortality. The Bible says that how God, before the creation of the world, God who cannot lie, promised eternal life to us. So eternal life is not inherent. It's not as if you're born now, you possess eternal life, and you can just live forever. No. Eternal life means that He is now granted unto man through Jesus Christ and it's a promise unto man that we will be able to live forever on account of Jesus. That is what the promise is. And now that word was what the Jews had in mind all the time and here comes the Apostle Paul, he was a Pharisee, he believed in the resurrection he says, well this message of the resurrection, we don't know how it's going to take place, we know the Messiah's got something to do with it and here is Jesus. He was raised. I saw the guy. He was raised and now John comes and he he testifies of this and he says, I want to come and I I want to tell you, I want to testify of this promise that was from the beginning with the Father. We touched it. We felt it as pertaining to the word of life. (laughs) And he says, we want you to preach this to you, that you can believe that you have eternal life. And this he writes to Christians. Because they were Christians not even believing that they've got eternal life. The gospel got so mixed up with this Greek philosophies that they thought that their bodies would just die and that they're going to be with God somewhere. And John said, I want to correct you. You are believers that believe that. I want to correct you. I want to correct you that you can believe that you have eternal life. Because what you're believing is you're not believing you're having eternal life. You're believing that you're going to die and then go to the Father. That's what you believe. But what I'm presenting to you is a physical man that's got a physical body that can never die. And that is the promise of the Father. And that even if we die, He shall raise us from the dead. This Jesus Himself said in John 5. He clearly spelled it out in in John 6 where He says, This is the will of the Father that I would lose none of those He has given Me and that I will raise them up in the last day. So John came and he tried to correct this, this Greek philosophy that entered into uh, Christianity in John and he declared to us what eternal life is. Now, to science, wonders, and miracles. This truth, the spirit of this truth, manifests signs to that. And we find in John 5, verse uh, Luke 5. Acts 5 verse 20, the apostles pray the following. He says, Lord, please stretch forth your hand to science, that signs, wonders and miracles will be done by your name that we might preach your word boldly. This was when they were now in the jail. You know, so they were caught, they were put in jail and then in jail they are praying. And they, you know, and, and, and all these kind of things take place. And what happens? The Lord takes them out of the jail and they want to preach because they hear these threatenings and they hear how they're going to be killed and they hear all these things. And, and how, how will people now believe this message of eternal life if we are dying? They're killing us, but we're preaching eternal life. What's going to go on? Lord, help us. So, they said, Lord, please stretch forth your hand to signs, wonders, and miracles that it can be done in your name. And if that can be done in your name, you know, then we can preach with boldness. Preach what with boldness? That you were raised from the dead and that we can have eternal life and that you have conquered our sin and death in our bodies and that we shall be raised from the dead. So, It will be nice if you do some, you know, some people get raised from the dead, some sick people, blind eyes open, deaf ears open, those kind of things. You know, when those kind of things happen, people will see and it will be a confirmation of what we are preaching, not a confirmation of us. They will not say, oh, the man of God. They will say, oh, Jesus was raised and I can be raised. That's what they will say. Glory to God. So I want to say and I want to pray, Father, I want to thank you that you stretch forth your hand to signs, wonders, and miracles in this webcast today. That you, th- that I can preach this, world of, this word of the resurrection with boldness in the earth by You stretching forth Your hand to signs, wonders, and miracles. Thank You for that, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. That will be done by Your name. Thank You, Lord. Amen. Father, I want to just stretch forth my hands to people that are watching right now. And I I, I, I say cancer be healed in the mighty name of Jesus in the name of Jesus I raise you up people that's got weakness in their bodies I raise you up in the name of Jesus and all sorts of signs and wonders and healings takes place in the audience that watches this be it now or in the time to come but healings take place right now in the name of Jesus Christ and with a heart persuaded of this resurrection I bring you healing in the name of Jesus I bring you life in the name of Jesus and I I say to you, signs once the miracles take place in you, stand up in the name of Jesus. What pain ever you have, move your body right now and experience the healing power of God in your life. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father. That miracles take place in people's lives right now. Thank you, my Abba, that you stretch forth your hands, that I can preach this world with this word with boldness in the world. For Father, you know that there will be uh, many that uh, make us out as uh, make me out as a false preacher, but. Lord, I thank you that you stretch forth your hand to signs, wonders, miracles to take place. And thank you, Lord, that I'm not believing for miracles. I'm believing in this resurrection. If no miracle takes place, I know this is already true. But thank you, Lord, for doing this. And the testimonies will go forth, testifying of this message of the immortality, a message of life. Thank you for that, Lord. Amen. Amen. So I want to say to you, As you go out and you spread the gospel and share the gospel, believe the gospel for yourself, what do we say? We've got a warmth in our hearts for the supernatural. We chase after the love of God which is unto eternal life and we've got a warmth for the supernatural. And as the Spirit, as you share this message or believe this message in your heart, go around and then in the name of Jesus, as you feel led by the Spirit, pray for the sick. If you want to do that. And I want to say this in closing. If you don't feel to do that, my goodness, don't. <laughs> if you don't feel that is what you want to do, if you feel the Spirit prompts you unto generosity or prompts you onto the gift of hospitality or whatever it is, do that. Just do that. Do all do miracles, the Bible says? No. no it says that. It doesn't say, and all did miracles. did doesn't say that. It does not say that. It says that in those ministries were signs. And then there were places where all were healed. But it doesn't say all were healed every time. It doesn't say that. Let us not aim for the sign. Let us aim for the gospel and for the truth so that these signs would not be this voice of discouragement when we don't see a miracle. My goodness, we're not aiming for the miracle. Let's preach the truth glory to God and it is true and let us just allow God to work with us who does the signs and the wonders not us the bible says and Jesus the spirit worked with performing signs one's miracles the bible says lay your hands upon the sick and God will raise him up nowhere it says that the preacher must raise anybody up it says and God will raise him up so let us just preach and live that way not live in condemnation so miracles is not what Jesus died for Jesus didn't die that we can do healings Jesus died that we can be immortal. And this power of immortality wherein He will make us immortal, we've got signs of that immortality which is healings today. And we've got the authority to do that. Bible says go and lay your hands on the sick. What He was actually saying there, and if you truly read in this true context, uh, Mark 16 with uh, Matthew 28, it actually says, and Jesus was with them. That is what it means. Glory to God. So I want to thank you so much for watching this. Let this wash your heart From all unbelief, wrong doctrine, and uh, let truth settle in your heart. And go and pray about this. You will see it's everywhere in the Bible. Just take the word life, put it into your concordance. Read all the words where the word life is in the New Testament in the light of this truth that I've preached. And you will see how it brings that, uh, 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 it energizes you in a great way. Thank you for watching and God bless you.